0: Peakyverse. We are back here at the end of June, right about time for Josh and myself's annual top 10 shows of the first half of this calendar year. As always, this is by order of the Peaky Blinders. This is a Peaky Blinders podcast that does tilt on some other, you know, shows and things that are happening Um, Josh and I are going to have some more stuff for you here for season six, but we figured what we would do is give everybody a little bit of time to binge it on Netflix in your own time. Of course, for those of you that binged it in a week or two weeks, it's been, you know, almost exactly 14 days since the season dropped on Netflix. We have the instant reactions. So if you can't find them, you just got to scroll a little bit down past some of our interviews here in the postseason. To find 6.1, 6.2, all the way onward. We had midweek reactions as well with mailbags and everything. And Josh, the support from Peaky fans in America is so much better than it was from the UK fans who kind of shit on the lack of violence and this and that early on. I have heard only glowing reviews of season six.
1: That's exciting. And, uh, I've definitely seen the numbers be trickling in for our instant reactions, so people are listed into our instant reactions. But definitely uh, excited to to let it simmer a little bit for those that have been watching in the U.S. and with with the good uh, with the good critiques of of season six, I'm I'm excited to to kind of have some back and forth with our fans. So that's that's definitely some good news. And then as always, over on our Patreon.com slash Buy Order of Peaky
0: Josh and I providing weekly updates for ongoing comings and goings. We broke down some shows, Stranger Things and Severance and um, and Barry as well on HBO. And, and I know there are a couple of the Patreon subscribers love Finn Cole in this uni- United States drama on uh, TNT or Amazon Prime called Animal Kingdom. That just came back for its final season. I've watched the first of two episodes and it is so much better than last season where I broke it down over on Patreon. So we'll make sure to continue to do that here coming through this season, Josh and I, uh, we, we kind of dipped into the Anya Taylor joy of things. And we broke down her, her last movie uh, a year ago called Last Night in Soho. That one was very, very wild. An Edgar Wright performance with Matt Smith and a couple other uh, big breakout roles. And then I just watched... The, uh, the Northman, Josh. And you and I are going to break that down as well over on Patreon in the coming weeks, which is Anya Taylor-Joy's new motion picture with Alexander Skarsgård and Nicole Kidman. And uh, I don't know about you, but that if that was a TV show, I would have, I would be all in. You know, like it was a movie. I loved it. I love Viking stuff. Wouldn't have minded 10 episodes of Anya though.
1: Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen it yet, so I can't really speak to it. But uh um definitely excited to see that. I mentioned that it's, interesting to see her in that kind of role she's only really played like the the very modern 20th 21st century kind of character she plays a very similar character in all her roles so to see her kind of you know branch outside of her comfort zone um is definitely interesting to see and i'm very interested to see how she does you loved it so uh, i loved it and but i just also
0: love viking stuff and so anya taylor joy plays like a slavic slave who befriends alexander skarsgård's main character as he tries to take revenge on the people who kind of uh, rid him from his land, maybe like Iceland territory and and the years, uh, I couldn't even tell you, probably before 1000 is my guess. Um, A ton of new stuff coming out, but Josh, we're here for one reason and it is our top 10 shows of 2022 to date. We are exactly halfway through 2022 and there has never been a year with more TV. There has never been a year with better TV maybe and, and you know we've got so much still down the wire to come obviously the new game of thrones and the the, the the what is it the lord of the rings tv show i have a
1: i have a feeling the game of thrones uh prequel house of dragons is gonna be number one on my list it looks phenomenal i'm so fucking pumped like we like it's it's one of those shows like we haven't had a show like that where it's like you wait till Sunday night and you sit down the second it airs live yeah. on HBO. Like we haven't had that in a long time. I mean, Barry was kind of like that, but like that was more of a binge show for me. Like I binged it, but it's just been so long since game of Thrones where you've been like, Oh, there's a show airing tonight. I have to watch it live. I can't wait for a, a, another day because I don't want it to get spoiled. So I'm excited for that culture to come back a little bit. I will say that, that the number one show on my
0: list this year was a show that I watched when it came out, or I guess maybe it's number two, I, I I went back and forth last night at like two in the morning and flipped around a couple of them. There are a couple shows. Severance was one, Josh, that we talked about on Patreon, well, yeah. That, but you, you binged it. But for me, like right, right when it came out, I was on Apple TV plus watching it. I'm doing that right now with For All Mankind. But at, at the same time, everyone knows this. Uh, I'm Daniel and uh, I'm addicted to television. So that's just one of those things that yes, as long yes. as everyone understands that I average about 52 to 53 shows a year, one per week, that uh, it's just, it's just the way that it comes in for me. But Josh, let's jump into our top 10 here. It's, it's a wacky list because there are big names from previous years that may not have had at good of seasons as they did in the past. I can tell you that just on the bottom of my list are three returning shows that just weren't as, Amazing the, the this time around the post COVID year where the writers maybe had the effects of some you know downtime or some some down negative time in their life to kind of write out stuff that, that wasn't the happiest. Um, but Josh, why don't we jump into it here? We'll start with our number ten. We'll go down to one. We'll sprinkle in some honorable mentions as we go forward. You want to start or do you want me to start? How do you want to do this? I'll start. I'll start. Sorry, right, let's fire it.
1: Um, you aren't as big of a fan of these kind of documentary, crazy fucking story that kind of just get buried in the news in, in, in time. And so there's there, there's like four four or five of these docuseries, documentaries, like four or five episode documentaries that I watched this year. So I'm only going to mention one of them that I included in my top 10. It's one that I just watched last week, and it's called Keep Sweet, Pray, and Obey. Um, and it's on Netflix, and it's about this polygamous cult that you know, it's kind of like a like branch. It's a, a very extreme extremist fundamental. It's called the the fundamentalist. Uh, I forgot what it's called. It's called FLDS, the the fundamentalist Latter Day Saints. So basically, they're very extremist Mormons, and it's a crazy fucking story about this 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 guy who changed this, this, this polygamous sect and kind of just, they created their own laws and they created their own world. And it's really disturbing. He has like a million wives. He's, you know, casting off all these different women to different men. They're kind of trading off wives. And he he, he was just the son of the guy who really started the fundamentalist sect of, of the Mormon church. And then once the father dies, the son really just takes it to new heights and it's really disturbing, but it's so damn interesting. It's three or four episodes. And it gets really, it's, it's, it's one of those things where uh, they were kind of under the, under the radar for like four, five, six, seven years. And then the law enforcement and the FBI gets involved and they finally take, take these motherfuckers down. Um, and so it's a really, really good. It's really well done. They have really good footage from early on in the religion. And so that's number 10 for me. And I highly recommend it if you're into these really dark, crazy, religious um extremist kind of documentaries that you just you just never hear about it until they come out what uh what net it's on netflix okay and what's the name of it one more time it's called keep sweet pray and obey so that's keep sweet was like a weird kind of saying that the guy instilled on them. it's like these people would have to listen to him talk one hour a day and he's talking about how you know woman's job is to, is, is, is to be faithful to the man, the man, they have like 12, some people have 12 wives. This guy had like 60 wives and it gets really crazy where he forces them to have children at a very young age. So that's when the, when, when the, when the breaking of the law really comes in, because it's not necessarily in certain in, in Utah, it's not illegal per se to, to, to have more than one wife, but it is illegal to, you know, have a child at a very young age and statutory rape gets involved and it's really disturbing but um, really, really good story about how they were discovered and how they got found out and how they were kind of exposed. And this guy, Warren Jeffs, is just really disturbing and creepy. Um, and it's, it's a story about the woman who kind of broke off from the religion and, and really had to take the plunge because these people were born on, were born into this. They didn't know anything about the world. Some of them didn't know who the president of the United States was. They didn't even know how to read, write, all this kind of stuff. So um, they didn't know any other life. So they're like, this is, this is the life. So why are we doing anything else? And then they kind of, you know, break it, break off. So I really recommend it. I was hooked, watched it in two days. So that's number 10 for me.
0: Well, we'll stay dark because my, my number 10 is pretty dark, but I, I will say, and we'll start it here. I had a very, very tough time distinguishing three separate shows from being the top 10. And it, it's, I, I don't know uh, I don't even know if I made the right decision because it's it's a tough call for us because it's is it a show that we were obsessed with or is it the best show? But if, if eventually the show that made the cut because of the finale is Euphoria. Euphoria is my number 10 show. Um, we're going to try to keep it pretty spoiler free of sorts on this breakdown so we can convince you all to watch these shows. But if you've never heard of Euphoria, there's been two seasons now and it is a show about high school kids in this like wild town where pretty much every single bad thing a high schooler could do they put it in all those kids into one high school they finish the season with a play about themselves that kind of stretches across two episodes very well made Zendaya's uh you know break into the uh into the worldwide phenomenon world here in 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 herself and uh I don't know. Upload was the show that was really competing with it, which is a a, a fun little Amazon prime show that that makes my honorable mentions, which is about uploading your like conscience to the cloud. And then when you die, you can still communicate with people from real life and it's just really cute. And it's like a Lawrence production, the guy who kind of produced like parks and rec and all these different great sitcoms. But I I had to put euphoria 10 just because the finale was really powerful and I enjoyed it in the same light. And these are two shows and I'll I'll roll right into nine that came back, but obviously had different seasons because of COVID. And this one was probably the most affected and it might've been number one back when it was first, you know, in its prime for me, if I was calculating shows, but Josh, Atlanta is number nine for me. Um, Atlanta had a very weird season, half of the season wasn't even including the main characters and they went to Europe and they had these standalone episodes that kind of intertwined with the comings and goings of Donald Glover and Zazie beats and all of these incredible actors and Paperboy and Darius and and just a great show from seasons one and two. And then season three takes a weird twist. So I'm curious how season four will go, but I know you're not, you're not an Atlanta guy, right? I'm not. I haven't watched Atlanta, but I know it's good. I know it's good. So yeah. Prime Um, TV, but it's weird to put it nine. It just wasn't my favorite season. That's fine.
1: It's a lot of good shows. So, I mean, my, my number nine is a show you also never watched, I don't believe, and it's called Pieces of Her. Uh, with, it's on the uh, list, though. Starring, starring Tony Collette. Really good show. It's just one of those weird twists and turns kind of shows, uh, kind of uh, secret operative, you know, which is one of those shows it has a really, really cool story. I'm not going spoil, to spoil it, but it's about a woman, Tony Collette, who um, is kind of on a different identity, and she is with her daughter, and she's kind of um, – on the witness protection list and how to change her life for a reason that I'm not going to explain. Cause that would really be giving away the show, but just a really well done show, a 10 episode, eight 10 episode show has a really, really crazy twist at the end. Um, and I'm a really big Tony Collette fan and she's a great actress. I want to, I want to pause real quick guys. Uh, we experienced a little bit of technical difficulties.
0: So from here on out, it may sound up and down just because of zoom. So I wanted to throw that out there, but Josh, go ahead. You know, finish finish. We talking about because it's funny. Your nine kind of rolls into my eight a little bit. Tony Collette, of course, right? Sixth Sense, Academy Award right. nominated actress. She's she's fiery, right?
1: No, she's great, and she plays really different roles. I think she was uh, in no, she wasn't in three boards, three uh, billboards outside of Evans Missouri. That was uh, someone else. I'm thinking of someone else completely different. But she's been in a lot of really good, really good movies, really good shows, and in pieces of her, she does a really fantastic job of playing this woman who has really just lost her sense of identity and lost, you know, her life. And she's born into this, to this family. Um, it has, it has Locke from Lost. He, he's, he's in it and he plays her father. Um, Daniel still has not watched Lost, so he doesn't know who Locke is. I need to watch but...
0: Lost. Um, but you're thinking of Frances McDormand though. She does have big Frances McDormand. Yes. Energy. Yes.
1: Yes. She does have that, 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 that energy, but no pieces of her is a great show. If you just want, it's, it's violent. Um, it has really, there's, there's times where you're going to be, it's, it's dark and there's things that pop out and there's violence, um, but very good show. So that's, that's my number nine.
0: So from, from one nineties, uh, screen star to another and a, and a pair of them, my number eight absolutely stole the show in the beginning of 2022, uh, the, the Showtime lost style TV show. Funny you mentioned that it's called Yellow Jackets. I know I talked about this on the podcast It's about a high school girls soccer team that is like the best in the country and they get into a plane crash into these woods in in the North of America. Um, You know, speaking of 90s film stars, Christina Ricci and Juliette Lewis are in it, as well as uh, Melanie Linsky, who is most well-known in my mind as playing Rose from Two and a Half Men. But it's got like a back and forth of present day of the ones who survived. And then back in the flashbacks, there will be multiple seasons. So don't feel like you have to kind of Speed through it because Yellow Jackets will be here to stay for a while. Highly, highly, highly recommend this show. Don't wanna say anything else because anything else might be a spoiler for it. And that's my right. number eight. Now I'm feeling like we're getting into a great groove here because one well, through eight, in my in my mind, Josh, one through eight for me could all be changed around and I would agree.
1: Definitely. And it's funny that you mentioned uh, the, the actress who plays Rose with Two and a Half Ben because that goes directly into my number eight and that goes into the show Candy. This is not planned by the way, this is crazy. <laughs> we didn't um, even
0: give each other the list, that's great. Right,
1: this, this, this goes into my number eight and that's Candy starring Jessica Biel who just does an amazing job in this five episode uh, series on Hulu um, about a true story about this very religious Texas woman in the seventies. I think it was the seventies who just is always, you know, at a crossroads with different decisions and she has an affair and I don't want to get really too into it, but she, like, this is the, the point of the show so it's not spoiling anything, but she commits a murder and she's and people. It's a very small Texas town and she's a very godly you know, a neat woman who, you know, talks in her Southern Texas accent and she commits a murder um, and people don't know why people, people don't know who did it. And she's the least, uh, the least usual suspect that, that that would commit a murder. And she does an amazing, amazing job. Um, and so Candy is really good. And Jessica Biel just does yeah. a complete 180 from any character that she's ever played. I love this cast, Josh.
0: I mean, obviously you mentioned, Melanie Linsky and Jessica Biel but just looking at this list I might have to bang out these five episodes because it's got Pablo Schreiber who is like one of my favorite actors he's not like in too much stuff he's Liev Schreiber's like half brother um he's very good in a lot of like army stuff like 13 hours he was the the porn star mustache and orange is the new black and then it's also got another great mustache right the guy from uh Veep Jonah Ryan from Veep, Josh. Yes, Is he yes. played a good, he, good character. He he,
1: he he plays he plays Jessica Biel's husband, um, and he's just like he's just funny to look at. Like he's he's like a jolly giant man. But Pablo Schreiber plays an amazing role uh, in this in this show. He plays Ro, uh, Rose from Two and a Half uh, husband, and he he plays a very pivotal role in this show, and he does a really good job. Um, a different character than he's ever played. So it's just a really good show. Like I love shows that do a really good job of playing like a very old time like you know setting like they do a really good job with the clothing the way that, that, that the houses are, are set up and just uh the the environment of the small town Justin Timberlake makes makes a, an appearance he, he he plays the cop and it's funny there's there's a scene when he's with Jessica Beale, you know questioning her and stuff like that so Candy's a very good show it's a short bang out so that's number eight for me
0: into seven. And we talked a lot about number seven um, on Patreon and I think it may be underrated. I, I think, I think maybe it should be up a little bit more, but to be honest, I just couldn't think of another show to put it on front of. And seven for me is Barry. It's just really well done. It's, it's really good. Ooh, it's that's, not, that's low. It is. It's low, but like, I just loved TV. And I think maybe I was doing a little bit of reverse recency bias here. I didn't want to give it too much credit because I just saw it compared to shows from months ago. Like like four through one that have all been kind of around for a little bit to kind of sit in my mind. We don't need to tell you too much about Barry. It's just go watch it. Bill Hader directs, writes, and stars in it, and he plays a just so a, a, hit, a hitman who is funny and wants to be an actor. He doesn't want to be a hitman anymore, and that's all I'm gonna say.
1: Yeah, no, but that's gonna be higher on my list. So I'll I'll, I'll kind of touch on my thoughts about it uh, when we get there. But seven for me is winning time, the rise and fall of the LA Lakers. That's a, that's a 2022 show, correct? It is.
0: It is. That's my number five. Yeah. So we can kind of talk okay. about that together.
1: Yeah. Just just so – I, I love – so obviously, Winning Time and Rise and Fall of the LA Lakers is about, you know, the beginning of the dynasty that is the LA Lakers. You know, it was uh, a team that was bought out by uh, Jerry Buss um, and it doctor, have, Dr. Buss.
0: It wouldn't have been the same without his – without the bus impact like in the show you know
1: that right, acting right yeah no john acting, c riley does yeah. an amazing job stole, of stole the that whole character show. yeah yeah and then uh i don't even know who the actor is who plays magic johnson but he does a really good job of playing magic and yeah quincy um, Isaiah. yeah uh I, I i love seeing adrian brody as pat riley because obviously daniel and i are Miami Heat fans so we are we are uh we are are huge Pat Riley fans, and we're huge Adrian Brody fans. So that was a nice little crossover uh, clash clash of of uh, both worlds for us. Um, the guy who plays Jerry West is is amazing. It's a yeah. lot of actors That's who have really hit this. Yeah, a lot of guys who I mean I personally don't know. I obviously I know John C Riley. Obviously I know uh, Adrian Brody, but there's other guys that I feel like did a really good job that aren't that prominent. All right. Well, I will say before we go into some of the other roles,
0: you, you definitely know Jason Clark. He's the main character from like zero dark 30. And he's been, yeah, been, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. been in some big, some big army roles mainly, I would say. Um, but he was in the first man, uh, Chappaquiddick, he played Ted Kennedy. Um, he's just been, he's been in a lot. He's great. And, and Quincy Isaiah was incredible. Hadley Robinson, who played Genie Bus, was so good. It was so disturbing from the bus side. but if you don't yeah, know if good. you don't know what this is, you just got it's just an HBO show about the the sex, drugs, and rock and roll of the eighties and of Los Angeles and yeah. you know just just all of the comings and goings of what what it took to take and even one of the stars of the team, his son played him and that was really cool because Norm Nixon's son Devon Nixon played Norm
1: Nixon in the show and he was really good yeah he, he was he's really good and the thing that I like about it is that it's not just about like the basketball. It's more about the off the court stuff and the personalities and you know, the, the, the stardom of these guys really getting the best of them. And so that was my
0: number five. Um, you, you mentioned your seven. We talked about Barry, my seven, uh, my six is the prequel to Yellowstone. It's called 1883. Ooh, okay. I got to watch was, it. It was gorgeous. It was just, it's an incredible journey from Texas to the Northwest and it follows the Dutton family, and it's got the real-life husband-and-wife duo of Tim McGraw, Faith Hill, the—I the, the, the I, I don't want to say groundbreaking, but it was world-breaking introduction to the big screen for Isabel May, who plays uh, James Dutton's daughter, Elsa—, Elsa. And she was, she was the narrator of this show, this journey. It's a beautiful look. It's almost like a planet Earth kind of show that they just, I mean, you could just tell that Taylor Sheridan wanted to give the respect to our country beautifully as it deserves. And then Sam Elliott comes in throwing 150 miles an hour in every scene. And I know that eventually Josh will watch this and then we'll talk about it over on Patreon because that's what we do. Because yeah. Josh loves Yellowstone and we can't, we can't wait for the new season of Kevin Costner's uh, epic saga to continue so that we can break that down now that finally josh is on board so i i've told you my five you can roll out your six
1: and your five here josh so okay six is is it may not deserve to be in my top 10 and you know exactly what i'm talking about but it's kind of an ode to the show as a whole and that's ozark mm. season four season four uh, i guess part two or i guess part one and two of ozark was a slow burn and I it was I that's an interesting it. call I finally finished it last night because I, I, it's still a good show. I think I was just kind of disappointed with the second half of the season. Um, and I actually, and if it wasn't for the end, the way, the last scene, the last couple of scenes, I probably wouldn't have put it on my list, but it really redeemed, redeemed itself. Um, obviously, if you don't know about Ozark, it's about, you know, Jason Bateman plays Marty Bird and his wife, Wendy Byrd, his two kids. Um, they get uh, involved in Marty's, uh, Marty's laundering money for the Mexican cartel. Um, He's a really brilliant guy and they get really into the weeds of it and it's their life in, in the Ozarks. And it's, 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 I just, I just love like the vibe and the backdrop of where they are and like, kind of like how ironic it is that they're there and they're laundering money for the cartel. Um, Season four is a slow burn, but uh, it it deserves to be in my top 10 just because it was a really great show for the last, you know, four or five years that, 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 that's been out. Um, Jason Bateman is an amazing, does an amazing job he's the star of the show I cannot fucking stand Laura Linney's character I can't stand Wendy Bird she's Skylar White-esque um, but she's good at what she, she there's a purpose for her to play that role um, but it's it's just overall a really good show and our girl Anna Delvey Ruth Langmore um, does does a really good job of playing playing Ruth so Ozarks number six not happy about it not confident about it but you know it had to be there
0: this is funny because I didn't even consider putting Ozark. I almost put the, the Anna Delvey show over Ozark. Well, That was 2022. I think all of these shows uh, have been 2022.
1: Oh damn. Right? Well, that's going to have to be an honorable mention for me then. Inventing not- Anna. Yeah. Yeah. So, shit. so it's definitely. All right. I'm going to do Ozark, <laughs> Ozark slash Inventing Anna. How about that? I, I right? was going to
0: say, I, you know what? Why don't we take a, a time here because we're both around five? We'll, we'll give a little love to see some of these because my honorable mentions Inventing Anna, super pumped. Okay. And I also have The Witcher, which our, our boy Paul Bouillon was a, a star in. Great second season of the Game of Thrones style um, Netflix attempt at a, a very famous. Uh, video game and book series with Henry Cavill leading the way as the Witcher who goes around and uh, like kills uh, like mythical creatures for people in like this old Renaissance time era on Netflix. Really good. And also The Reacher. I really like A Reacher on Amazon Prime. That one was a really good watch. And it just stinks that some of these shows don't get the love because it's a year with so much.
1: No, it's, uh, it, it seems good. Our guy, Paul Bouillon. Um, I'm a big fan of him, you know, obviously, but, uh, that I haven't seen it yet. Um, I don't know if I'm going to be a fan of that kind of show, that mystical kind of show and the mysticism, but in the magic and all that kind of stuff. I don't know.
0: You like game of Thrones. So I'm just saying
1: that's different. That's in its own world. I'm not like, I'm not like the biggest Lord of the Rings guy either. Okay. Um, so, but I mean, inventing Anna was a great show. Um, that's going to be honorable mention for me slash number six. Ozark. um, and then also the documentary. Uh, it's not a document. It's, it's like a short series called the worst roommate ever. And it's like five or six episodes of stories of, of people who got involved with con men or con woman um, where they had to like live with them in a certain capacity, like some, sometimes random roommates or people got the, that they set up with. And it's really crazy stories and really disturbing stories, but just really interesting as well. So um, I guess we'll, we'll uh, get back into uh, our list. And number five for me is Bridgerton. I didn't like season two as much as season one. However, I just love that show. I love the, like the costumes, the way they talk um, the music. I love the way that they kind of do um, covers of real songs, like modern day songs with the, uh, with, with the orchestra playing. And it's just, it's, it's beautiful backdrops. As you said, you know, you you love the, uh, the uh, Yellowstone prequel because of the way that just like the scenery. And so that's part of the reason why I love Bridgerton. And they do a really good job um, in that show, and uh, it's, it's just really good, and that's why it's number five for me.
0: All right, so Bridgerton is Josh's five. I told you my five of winning time. Um, four for me, and this is where it gets really, really close, um, and this is where it gets basically indeterminable. This is an HBO epic called Tokyo Vice. Which was amazing. so fucking good, Josh. I was I addicted. Really it was one of those every Sunday. I turned on HBO and it's like, okay, I'm back to watching HBO stuff on Sunday nights. It is a true story, a memoir written by a Midwest Jewish kid who moves to Tokyo, played by Ansel Elgort, who literally learned Japanese so he could be fluent in it because it's like half Japanese, half English show. And he wants to be a journalist, the first ever Western journalist to be in the Tokyo uh, main newspaper, and he is on the crime beat. And it's just the everyday. It's just a a sprawling crime saga. And it's not going to be my last crime saga that's on here. You're just going to have to do one of those. Like I'll trust you, Daniel. Start Tokyo Vice on on HBO.
1: I heard it's really good. Um, And so uh, I mean, it's going to go right to my number four because I can't I can't really talk about it. But um, the Dropout. Um the the story about Elizabeth Holmes, the yeah. founder of Theranos, one of those those con con artist shows again about Elizabeth Holmes who started Theranos. If you don't know about this story, um, she had this, she's a drop college dropout. That's why it's called the dropout from Stanford. She's a brilliant woman. She's a little odd. Um, and she starts this company where basically for people for people like me who are afraid of needles and don't like needles and faint when they when they see when they when they get blood drawn. Basically, it's that you don't have to undergo this, these long blood tests where you, uh, where you get to donate, you know, vows of blood. To it's get a blood very,
0: taken. I was gonna say it's very well known, but to be honest, I knew nothing about it until I watched it. I, that's that's I, how I knew, out of the loop I, knew I am. a
1: little bit about it, but it basically is that all you do is they need just one prick of a finger of blood and you can get all these tests run, uh, regarding your health and, she just gets really enveloped in the idea, even though it's never, it's not possible to work. And they, the engineers keep on telling her it's not working. It's not working. And she cuts corners with, you know, FDA approvals and well, let's, let, I was defrauding say, as investors.
0: Much, as much as we can't spoil real life stuff, I, I think we should keep it kind of vague because I agree. It's a great show. I want everyone to watch it, right. but I don't, I, I don't. I want let's keep it. I'm not really, giving too, no, much, I'm not know, really giving
1: too much away, but uh, it's it, all it's, my honorable it, mentions. Yeah, that's, that's 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 as much as I'll say. And Elizabeth, um, Amanda Seafried playing Elizabeth Holmes just does a fucking amazing job of getting into the character and really, you know, she changes her voice. The real Elizabeth Holmes really changed her voice when she was talking to a big group of men. And so she gets really into it and does a really good job there. So um, that's why uh, the dropout is number four for me, just really good on Hulu. Um, I binged it. I didn't watch it week by week, but it was very good.
0: It was, uh, I, I, I started in the beginning and then I kind of gave it a few weeks and kind of binged. Um, you could pretty much use a Sharpie to write down Amanda Seyfried for the Emmy, which would be a wild year for her where she wins the Oscar last year for Mink and the Emmy this year for the dropout. What a great job for the, uh, what do they call her fish eyes from Ted? Um, and, and A Million Ways to Die in the West, I think it was.
1: Yeah, and I mean, one of the first movies I saw with her was Jennifer's Body with Megan Fox. Oh, it was see, an awful movie.
0: I remember it, but I don't remember her in it. I just remember Megan Fox. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, but, for uh, obvious reasons, right?
0: Not, not, not going to lie. I will be unapologetically admitting that forever, Amanda Seyfried is the, the main character from Mamma Mia, because that's like one of my favorite movies growing up. <laughs> um, so that one's great. That's a good. That's a good number four into the top three now. And this is where I know that I only have one that's the same as you because you haven't seen the other two, but this is the one mm. at three, I put Severance. And it was a very tough decision. Ooh. And it's probably your uh, number one,
1: right? It's My number one, it's the best show of the year by far. Bar let's none. save it,
0: let's save it. Go ahead with your number right. three.
1: So my number three, if this better be in your top three, Stranger Things is not in your top three. Oh, see, I didn't include it because the season's not done. Oh, come on, there's like it's two left. episodes left to but come out. But there's like out. five
0: hours left of the show.
1: Oh my God, you know it's gonna be. Ugh. It'll be in my top ten Dude, of the year, but it's not done right now. It's not done, Josh, I stand half, by it. It's, it's uh, I couldn't not, I couldn't not mention it. Like it, it was- I'm glad you have it. three I'm glad of, you of have this it. season of Stranger Things was the most intense episode, an hour and 20 minutes of television that I've seen all year. Besides the last episode of Severance, which we'll get to, um, Stranger Things was so good. It is, I, as I mentioned, I think on our Patreon breakdown of, 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 those, of what's been released so far, it is very hard to have an hour, and hour 15 plus minute episodes of television. What was it, five, five episodes or six? That have been, or seven, right? There's been seven out of nine. To, to release that much content and do an amazing job and it not have great. a slow burn. Like Ozark, Ozark fucked up. The way Stranger Things succeeded, Better Call
0: Saul's the same way. Same thing as well, Ozark. It's just very I unfortunately, slow. haven't
1: seen the season, so I'm I'm assuming that's gonna be that's gonna be your your uh, number number no, two. No,
0: they only have half the season. The rest oh is coming my out.
1: God, give me the rest of it. It starts
0: July 11th. I want to say, All right. that, listen to the to the integrity of this entire organization of B O O T, Peaky Blinders, and this. This, this top 10 list that we do, it would not be fair to the shows that I watched fully in this year for the ones that have not finished their season to make my list. But Josh, right, well, I also Daniel, we knew, I knew Daniel you are going to
1: I pick it up. Stranger Things is number three.
0: Okay, great show. We don't need to talk more about it. You either heard of it or you're never going to watch it. That's how I think about Stranger Things. Um, it's a Netflix saga that takes place in the 80s and 90s. I don't and, even uh, think you
1: have to explain it. I think everybody I, I, in the, on the planet knows.
0: Okay, number two. This was number one for me until the finale, where it didn't necessarily finish as strong as I wanted it to. It's a it's a mini series. It's another HBO. Uh, I think it was. I, I want to say this was a Monday night. It Might have been a Monday night show. Where every single week, when I got the little notification on my Apple TV on my phone, "We Own This City." Episode is up. I turned on my HBO Max. I watched it. It is this. It's it's not a sequel to, but it is an ode to the Wire. And it is okay. John Bernthal cooking at a thousand degrees as the main character. It's it's jumps around from time to time, which is something that the Wire never did. And I enjoyed a lot. And Simon and and uh, um, it's the same creators. It's it's David Simon and it is uh, George uh, Pelicanos, same two that made the Wire, the Deuce as well. And it is a a conversation about how the police have to deal with crime in, in Black neighborhoods and in high crime cities. And Freddie Gray makes a huge impact in this season. There's an episode just about that. And I remember watching a baseball game five years ago when they didn't let the fans leave the Baltimore Orioles Stadium because of the riots from Freddie Gray. But I never understood why Baltimore's crime was so bad until I watched a show like this This show was so needed. It was so good. And I want
1: 10 more episodes, honestly. No, I'm not. I I really want to get into The Wire. I haven't watched The Wire. But you don't don't need, hold on. You don't
0: need to watch The Wire to watch We Own This City.
1: It is not related. It's just the same
0: content. That's all I have to say. It's not like they referenced it. Got it.
1: Yeah. So I'm definitely going to get into that. I mean, we don't really need to get into my number two that much. I mean, Barry is my number two. Okay. And it wouldn't have been number two if it wasn't for the last two or three episodes of the show. because It started slow. Uh, Bill Hader just does a great job. Um, Noho Hank is one of the best characters in television history. But I just really like the way that they ended it. And I like how it's kind of not going to be a drawn-out show. I mean, I'm not going to spoil anything. But the way that it ends is I think it's a really good segue into how they're going to draw down the show. Um, But they just did a really good job. It's a dark comedy. There's some really, really funny moments in the show. There's some dark moments in in the show, some serious moments. And there's some twists and turns that you would not expect. So it really has everything that, that that you could possibly need in a television show, packed into thirty-minute episodes, eight episodes, four hours of content in and out, quick and easy, a nice binge. And I watched it when I had COVID for uh, two days. So, cool. um that's number really two. Great. I love it. Love that it's twenty-eight to thirty-five minute episodes.
0: It's light. This is the least funny season of the three. And yet it's maybe right. the most impactful and most beautifully yep. shot and cinematography and everything. So that's your two. We, we talked a little bit about your one. Let's go into it. If you want to know more about Severance, we do a full breakdown so over on Patreon.com slash by order of Peaky. It is the Ben Stiller directed. This is Josh's one. The Ben Stiller directed Adam Scott starred performance about Patricia Arquette
1: yeah is amazing John is in it Christopher Walken's in it. It, it you have you have such a star studied ca- I'm not even mentioning other the other, other main characters, characters yeah that do an amazing yeah that does Helly the, the woman who plays Helly I don't even it's like Britt Brit Lauer right Britt Lauer is, is her name Lower, she yeah. is a, a star she does an amazing job I kind of mentioned it over on, on our Patreon and without spoiling anything the show is about um, kind of a big brother-esque sci-fi futuristic not really sci-fi but kind of but there's a procedure where you can elect to install a chip into your brain where um, essentially you go to work for this company called Lumen and when you step into work you have no idea about who you are or what you've done in your personal life except I guess you know your name or your first name at least and then when you leave work you have no idea about what you didn't work or what you even do in your job and it's Really cool, very bland backdrops. You know, a lot of hallway walking. Um, it's funny, my uh, girlfriend. You know, I, I watched this show when when she would fall asleep. When she's like, whenever I wake up, it'd be them just walking in, walking in a white long hallway. I'm long like, Yeah, that's not what the show's about. But but that is what. But it's just an amazing show. Amazing fucking ending. A mind fuck. A huge twist. I cannot wait until the next season. I'm so mad that there's no second season yet. But that 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 is the you know, the hallmark of a great show. It, it, it brings you back in for the next season.
0: It's a great water cooler show because you can basically broach that that style of, of, of procedure for so many different things. Because how many people have said, I want to separate my work and my home life? How many people have said, I want to separate, you know, like when I have, you know, PTSD with something if it comes to war, like there are so many different ways. But then- it goes into the White Christmas episode of Black Mirror, the one with John yeah. Hamm, where if you can create another conscience in yourself, and you, you you kind of make them a slave of sorts, they are now a person, and you're kind of trapping them, and you're sla- enslaving them, and it's just so and, wild. And that's
1: and that's the kind of you know the the huge conflict in the show is like is is that kind are of concept. Yeah. Right. I don't want to really get into it because it has to do with, the, with kind of the, like a certain, a couple plots in the show. But the one thing that is to, to, on a later note is, is like, you know, sometimes the 95 work day is a huge drag. And the only reason why I would ever do that is that like, I feel like when you walk out of work, you feel like the day won't be like that. You know what I mean? Like when you get back into your, into your personal life, like the work day would feel like it went by in a blur. And that'd be great to get work over with for the day, but yeah. just kind of a crazy concept
0: but then your innie is what they call the other person. They never don't work. They wake up and it's work right. and then it's work and then it's work. And you're literally just torturing them. Um, really yeah. good show. Highly recommend Apple TV plus Apple TV has been cooking. And obviously there's going to be a new season of better of uh, Ted Lasso. And they, they've got a lot of things in the works. I will say, let's see Did Apple TV. I got severance at three. I think that's the only one on here. Slow horses is a honorable mention for me. It is a Gary Oldman led British spy drama over 6 episodes that was Apple TV Plus as well. So they're they're making some inroads, but at the end of the day all roads lead back to HBO, the mecca, the the Valhalla of it all. And for me it's another HBO show that that kills it. It was so long ago. It started December 2021. I watched it probably 5 weeks into the show, so it, it was probably mid-January and it finished up in February. And it's another show kind of like uh like a Lost style where like, I know I haven't seen it yet, but Yellow Jacket's kind of like Lost. This one's a little bit more like um, like the HBO show, The Leftovers a few years ago, which is a, a really, really good watch about if like, if 10% of the whole world disappears in one day, how do we live afterwards? That's what The Leftovers is. This one's called Station Eleven. And it's a post-apocalyptic show. I started saga.
1: that. I'm, I'm shocked that's your number one. My
0: number one show of the year. Hmm. I loved this show. And it's it was a little too real to begin. The first couple episodes is basically how to live if COVID got really deadly. Like a real life look at what happens when the whole world... And it's funny because this was written before coronavirus hit. And Mackenzie Davis, who is great, fame from Halt and Catch Fire, and, and she's been in... Uh, in, in, in a couple other movies and shows, she was in the newest Terminator and Blade Runner and all that. And she is a kid. It's something, I, I, it's, it's impossible to break down the show without spoiling anything. I don't want to do it. It's about the life after like 90% of the world deceased and how people roam around. But it's run by this book that was written by one of our main characters. And it kind of is this... Uh, Proph- prophetic styling, which is similar to Severance, actually. A random fucking self-help book in Severance leads the way, kind of like yeah. this with, with Station Eleven, but it involves Shakespeare and comedy, and uh, Bluth um, from Arrested Development is in it, and he is hilarious. Um, the, the blue man, I, I don't know why I, I'm blanking on what the actor's name is right now, um, but he is really good. It's just, it's just really good. It, it's something that, I, you know, every year, David Cross, that's his name, um, every year I, I try to throw a little bit of a shake up into number one last year. It was Squid that's, Game. that's a shock
1: to me. That's a shock to me.
0: The year before it was Ted Lasso and, uh, an industry would came in second in 2020 for me, but I, I love station 11. And, and in the last, the last 11th hour, I switched it with, uh, we own this city and I wanted to give it the love that it, it deserves. It's a great, great show. A great, great show. Station 11.
1: Yeah, all right. All right. I respect it. So, Not I mean, scary around... though. Not scary. Yeah, I don't so watch scary shows. That that rounds up our top ten for the first half. I'm excited to. Uh, I mean, Game of Thrones, the, the House of Dragons is already number one, so you you, you guys can prepare. And I'm I want, confident. I don't want to jinx it, but I'm confident. I'm going to ask you, Josh.
0: Um, how many of these shows do you think will make your your full end year December to- top ten? I
1: say probably say five. Yeah, I think five five's, five's four, a good four number. Or five. Yeah, four or five sure.
0: I'm not sure if the second half of this year is going to be as strong as the first half, but we'll see. Um, we'll see. Let's, let's break down our list real quick, Josh. Uh, 10 through one, go ahead.
1: So uh, I got Keep Sweet, Pray, and Obey at 10. Nine, I got Pieces of Her. Eight, I have Candy. Seven, I have Winning Time, The Rise and Fall of the LA Lakers. Six, I have Ozark. Five, I have Bridgerton. Four, I have The Dropout. Three, I have Stranger Things, whatever the fuck how many episodes have been released two. I have Barry and one I have severance. That's good. And
0: I want to ask you one more thing uh, game of Thrones related after, but uh, I've got euphoria at 10 and then Atlanta yellow jackets, Barry 1883 winning time, Tokyo vice severance. We own this city and station 11 uh, with some honorable mentions. You mentioned the dropout also reacher upload the witcher and slow horses in there. But there are obviously shows that I'm even watching right now, like The Boys, which will most likely make it on my top 10 because I fucking love The Boys. And For All Mankind is really good. And, you know, Reservation Dogs has a new season coming
1: up. But we'll end this episode, Josh. Did you hear about the Jon Snow news? I did. I did. They're making a Jon Snow spinoff of Game of Thrones, his own show, and I'm really pumped kid Harrington needs that and he's not really doing it bad. I heard he's been going through actually a rough patch personally. Kind of, I think he's, he's going through like substance abuse issues. Yeah. Um, I, so he probably, because he's not really getting a lot of work. So. I have two, two opinions here. Um, and it's a
0: huge question. Will it be a spinoff or a sequel? And none of these answers, none of these neat answers. I hope it's a spinoff, not a sequel, because obviously I don't want there to be any drudging up of how the show ended um, because I don't want Jon Snow to be like living in this post- Game of Thrones world where like brands running it and all that nonsense. Also, I have a gut feeling that this won't be the last of these stars from the show being like, you know what? It's been a couple of years. I kind of miss being the center of attention. I'm not, like, I, I can't name one actor from Game of Thrones that is straight up dominating the the landscape yeah, of either TV know. or media. We know that, you know, Sophie Turner is just like married to Joe Jonas. So happy for her. There's been a couple things with like Nikolai, uh, the guy who played uh, Jamie Lannister, but aside from them, and I know Peter Dinklage has been in a few movies and TV shows. Amelia Clark was in that Han Solo prequel, um, and she's been in a couple like uh, Hallmark movies. But I am waiting for one of these stars to do something massive. Until then, I'm thinking maybe we see. I don't know. I we we could. I would love to see prequels. Um, like sooner. Closer. I know there's like 15 different Game of Thrones shows in development right now. Development is very far away. So we'll see if this John Stark stuff or Jon Snow stuff ever comes to light. I can't wait for what is it called? Night of the Dragon coming up in August. I think it's called The House of Dragons. House of Dragons. Fire me. And I am someone, hit me or not, I will not watch the trailer. I'm just not gonna do it. Everyone loves the I trailer. Watch, I I'm watch hyped. the trailer. So. I'm hyped that people love the trailer. I don't know. I, I don't I don't I'm not a huge trailer guy. I, I, if it pops yeah. up on my screen, I'll watch it. But I'm not going to go seek it because I don't w- I don't want to see any scene. Same with Westworld. Westworld comes back in two days for us, the 26th. I'm going to watch it. I don't want to watch the trailer. I'm going to watch episode one and be like, all right, this is this going to be as bad as last season or as good as season one? And that'll determine whether I'm connected and 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 back in that world of Westworld. But it it had a little bumpy road there. Um, so much TV, so much for us to continue to bring to you, as always. Try to subscribe over to our Patreon to help us out. Keep all of these pretty ad-free for you all and continue enjoying whether you're re-watching or still waiting to watch season six of Peaky Blinders. We are there by your side for everything on this podcast. As always, he's Josh, I'm Daniel, and we've been your do on After.